This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Michigan's original winery, St. Julian Winery, is 100 years old. Its interesting history is as flavorful as its wide selection of wine. Ernest Hemingway's love of nature was nurtured in Walloon Lake in northern Michigan, and his story is coming to PBS. It'll be different, but the full moon is about to shine on Ann Arbor. And Grand Rapids is offering special values for your March visit. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. It's good to be back with you again this week as we explore the great state of Michigan. And here we are. It's late in the season already. I can't believe it. it seems like winter just arrived and already we're starting to think about spring, the warm weather and such. So before you know it, we're going to be out there doing different things other than the things I've been in, enjoying so much, uh, you know, hiking through the, the snow-covered uh, hills of Michigan in uh, western Michigan and the sand dunes, uh, heading up north and doing skiing. And of course, every time I'm out there, I'm taking those uh, pure Michigan safety protocols in place, and I hope you're doing the same thing. So, you know, you're going to be wanting to uh, find some cool places to get to as soon as that warm weather hits, and it's going to be here soon. So let's head over to West Michigan. Let's head way over to that, uh, that southwest corner of the Lower Peninsula to the Paw Paw area near um, uh, St. Joseph Benton Harbor area. Let's bring in John Braganini. He's from St. Julian Winery. John, it's good to have you on the program, especially since your winery uh, is, it's, well, it's it was the first winery in Michigan. And tell me the history about it because it's pretty unique. Well, we were, our, our beginning dates back to 1921 my grandfather started a winery in Windsor and he uh, produced uh, he produced wine and distilled spirits through prohibition and then moved the company to Detroit after the repeal in 1933 and then in 1936 he moved the company to Pawpaw and we've been there uh, ever since yeah it's kind of strange to think of a winery moving but it but it did so you became uh, Michigan's first winery. I think you're still the biggest, if I remember right, uh, and you're uh, actually working on some pretty ambitious plans to get even bigger, I understand. Well, we're, uh, yeah, moving a winery does, does sound like a daunting task. Uh, uh, we've, we've, <clears throat> we've looked at that a couple of times, but the logistics just are, would never work because of the way that we're laid out. But to, by capacity, uh, we certainly are the largest winery in Michigan and uh, one of the largest in the Midwest. Uh, in terms of overall uh, gallonage sales of, of wine and cider and spirits and juice, uh, we, we are the largest producers of related products also in the state of Michigan. Well, and, and of course, one of the things that people probably best know, know you for is the fact that you can find your wine in a variety of places, including at retail stores like Meyer, for instance. You seem to be just about everywhere. Do you actually sell a lot of your product out of state? We do. We, about 70% oh, of our business is Michigan. The other 30% would be 
in uh, in Midwestern states, five Midwestern states. We we play in every space. Uh, we're vibrant in the wholesale channel. We have six tasting rooms throughout the state of Michigan. We have uh, uh, fifteen thousand wine club members, and we also have a, uh, a very effective and uh, and successful digital store. Our online shipping business has been very active, especially through COVID. Yeah, I bet. Um, you know, people are still somewhat hesitant to travel, so I'm sure they're looking for ways to capture that product uh, online or, or at retail. Uh, but, you know, eventually they're going to feel comfortable to travel again, and they're going to want to head to St. Julian. And I have to tell you, this, this has to be one of the most beautiful vintners um, that you can get to. I mean, you can sit in your restaurant and kind of overlook the the fields it, it's really an awesome view beautiful thank you i, I think that's tr pretty tremendous and so when somebody comes there um, what are the things they can do you know in normal times you know before you know it we're going to be opening up completely so uh, what are things that uh, people typically do when they come to saint julian well we have something for everyone we have over 120 wines in our in our uh, offering, we also have uh, cider, we have spirits, we have cocktails to go, we have juice. And so uh, whether you drink, whether you don't drink, regardless of what you drink, we're gonna find something that, uh, that you're gonna enjoy. So it's, uh, it's a great opportunity for a group of people to come in that have varied tastes and a wide scope of interest and we can entertain them. We will be opening the the, the winery back up for tours once the COVID restrictions lift. And there's just a, we have, once the restrictions are, are, uh, are relaxed, we typically have events in every one of our tasting rooms in, in the nighttime. So we're very creative and it just goes on and on. Yeah, well, you know, the thing about getting to St. Julian Winery and, and just about any of the wineries in that Southwestern Michigan um, area, is that uh, you're going to be on some windy roads. It's actually a beautiful drive through that area. How do people find St. Julian um, as part of a, a wine tour or as their, their only destination? Well, as you mentioned, we are on the wine tour. Or, uh, we, are on, we are on the wine trail uh, for Southwestern Michigan. We're, we spend a lot of uh, time with, uh, with social media. We're, we're pushing out our message continuously. So we advertise a lot. We do, we, we, we do a lot with digital billboards. Uh, we're constantly promoting our products. So it's easy, it's easy to find us. And if you, even if you're not looking for us, we'll find you. Well, I do like that uh, they've done a great job with signage. So when you're kind of in that area, you might be kind of roaming around wondering where you are. There are a lot of little signs around the area. Most people, of course, use GPS and they can find um, your uh, address and how to get there uh, at your website. What is your website, John? It's uh, www.stjulian.com with no, no dot between the, the, the T and the J. Stjulian.com is the website. Of course, you can get to it from michigan.org as well. And I want to thank John Braganini from St. Julian Winery in beautiful Pawpaw for being with us today. We're going to continue to travel Michigan right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org.
It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and boy, we have an interesting subject to talk about next. I don't know if you've ever been to that uh, northwest part of the Lower Peninsula, um, kind of that greater Petoskey region, but it's just it's awesomely beautiful. It truly is any time of the year. Uh, it has to be uh, most people's, uh, one of most people's favorite areas of Michigan. I know it is. Uh, and, and it, it's beautiful because of the nature, but also because of, I don't know, the people, the stories, the culture, the history. There have been so many neat things that have happened in that area. And of course, one of the things that um, that is known about the area is this is where Ernest Hemingway spent his summers as he was growing up, especially in certain areas of the greater Petoskey area. And we're going to talk about that today because we have a big birthday coming up for Mr. Hemingway. Let's bring in Diana Stanfler from Promote Michigan. Diana, uh, what a fun job job you have. Um, just like me, you get to many places in the state and you get to learn about a lot of things around the state, about our history and culture. Uh, Hemingway is a, a special subject and something that I think we should be really proud of. And there's a lot of Hemingway stories in that area. Well, actually, Dave, I'm talking to you today from Walloon Lake. Oh, nice. I'm so fortunate to, uh, to currently live uh, across the lake from where the Hemingway family um, has still to this day a cottage uh, that was built back in 1899, just shortly after Hemingway was born. He was born in Oak Park, Illinois, July 21st of 1899, and made his first trip to this area with his family, uh, his mother, Grace, his father, Clarence, and his uh, sister, who was a year older, to this area. They bought a, a little parcel of land on the north shore of Walloon Lake, and they began to build their cottage called Windermere, uh, which, as I mentioned, is still owned by the family. And that began really his love affair with this region. And it's funny because, you know, you ask uh, people around the world to tell you places that Hemingway was or places that were tied to Hemingway, and they'll tell you Paris and Cuba and Ketchum, Idaho and Spain. But it all started here in northern Michigan. Even though he was born in Oak Park, he fell in love with the outdoors here. He became a writer in northern Michigan. It was this area which, you know, gave birth to the man who became the Nobel and Pulitzer Prize winning author. It was here that he learned to hunt and to fish and to identify birds and to track through the woods and then to use those experiences uh, in his story. Yeah, uh, you know, stories. well, you know, we all become, uh, you know, the product of, uh, you know, where we have been, who, who we've met along the way, because um, that influences us in so many ways. I mean, how old was Hemingway when he was in that area? Because basically he'd spent his summers there. Every summer of his life, at least a certain small amount of time for 22 years. Hmm. So it started that fall of when he was just a couple of months old, and the family came back. And of course, back then they're they're going from Oak Park and they're they're getting on a train uh, to take him to the boat yard, and then they're taking steamers up and they're landing in Harbor Springs, and then they're getting on another train from Harbor Springs to Petoskey, hmm. and then on a train from Petoskey to Clarion and down into Walloon Lake, and then on a boat 
to get to their cottage. But they came up all summer. And so he spent every summer here. Now, when he went off to serve uh, in the World War I as, a, as an ambulance driver, he was just here for a brief period of time in the early spring before that. Uh, and then his last known trip up here was 100 years ago, um, known stay for a long-term stay, because 100 years ago, on September 3rd of of. 1921, he was mm. married to his first wife, Hadley, at the Methodist Church in Horton Bay. Mm. And that kind of is what prompted the village of Walloon Lake in the greater Walloon Lake area to, to make a, this the year of a Hemingway homecoming. And so we're actually working with a variety of, of businesses in the village and doing a variety of things to bring notice to him and his life here uh, from those early days right on up until that wedding. Um, and it's, it's going to be an exciting year of events. I bet. Um, well, it, it's, it's apropos uh, because Hemingway is the area. The area is Hemingway. In fact, if you've ever read any of the Nick Adams books, he describes, I don't remember if you, you know, actually he does talk specifically about areas of Michigan and he actually names them, but it's obvious that uh, this character, Nick Adams, um, you know, was was in effect influenced by Michigan. Well, Nick Adams is kind of uh, Hemingway's alter ego. Mm -hmm. You know, he created these stories, um, which he started writing in the 1920s in Paris uh, with Hadley after they left and got, got married and left. Um, so it was still fresh in his mind, and he created these stories, um, and they were published in different excerpts over the years. And in the 1970s, um, when the book was published after his death, it was actually a chronological. Uh, they put all the stories which had been written at different times, but they put them in chronological order. And a couple of years ago, the Michigan Humanities Council actually hosted its first Great Michigan Read, and the Nick Adams stories was selected as that. Well, the village of Walloon Lake has uh, taken an initiative on that, and starting April 1st of this year, we're going to do Walloon Lake Reads, the Nick Adams stories. And every week, we'll take a different section. There are five sections in the book, and uh, we'll have virtual discussions about those various sections uh, led by members of the Michigan Hemingway Society, uh, local teachers who, who uh, share these stories with their students and talking about um, how they impacted him as a writer, how they influenced the local area. And running concurrently with that, Dave, is uh, Ken Burns, the award-winning filmmaker, has a new documentary on Hemingway, which will be airing on PBS um, on April 5th, 6th, and 7th. So our timing on it is, is great. And then the anniversary of the publication of the book is April 17th. So April is really just going to be a huge month for, uh, for Walloon Lake Village, the greater uh, Petoskey area and the state of Michigan and beyond, because now virtual, we can we can do that, um, to reflect on Nick Adams and those stories that are set right here, literally in my backyard. I don't think I really considered myself a Hemingway fan until I read the Nick Adams books. And then I thought, okay, now I get this guy. You know, he's he truly is, and he was uh, such an interesting person, you know, a so-called man's man. But, um, you know, he's, he's just a different writer. And I think a lot of that has to do with this place that he spent his summers. 
You know, it's interesting, Dave. He he left here and he went to Paris. He was part of the Lost Generation. He hung out with folks um, like um, F. Scott Fitzgerald in the 1920s, and he would be asked often about coming back to Northern Michigan. And and his feeling on it was it was such a perfect place in his mind uh, before tourism really took off, when it was still just this this outdoor haven as he knew it growing up, that he was afraid if he came back that the changes would impact his his what he envisioned of this area. And that's part of the reason that he never really um, made it back to this area. He did come back briefly, I believe in the uh, 50s, uh, to do some paperwork with Windermere and the transition of that, of that house to the family. Um, but but he had he had this vision and you know I kind of get that when when some place is so perfect you're afraid to go back because if it's not as perfect the second time around uh, or as you originally remembered it, you know, that'll taint your vision of that space forever. Yeah, it's, it's kind of how I'm feeling about my office in Lansing these days, <laughs> since, <laughs> since I haven't seen it all since COVID started. Uh, well, this is great stuff, uh, Diana. I, I can't wait to learn more. Now, if somebody wants to learn more about all the details, uh, what's the website they can go to? It is WalloonLakeMI.com. We have a brand new website, so we'll talk about the great uh, Michigan Read, the, the Nick Adams stories. July 21st, we're hosting a birthday party for Hemingway in the village. Uh, and then Labor Day weekend, we're actually recreating the wedding reception from that uh, wedding 100 years ago. We've got some actors coming in to portray Hemingway and Hadley, and we'll have a dinner benefiting the Michigan Hemingway Society. And then on Saturday of Labor Day, we'll be uh, unveiling some uh, historical and art uh, in the downtown village area as we celebrate, you know, our most noted summer resident and this amazing author. That's great. Uh, can't uh, wait for it myself. It's going to be basically a year of Hemingway, Walloon Lake, the entire Petoskey area, greater Petoskey area. I usually call it. I uh, don't want to offend any communities there, but uh, <laughs> people know it a little bit better. So um, again, why don't you give me that website one more time? It is WalloonLakeMI.com and uh, we'll have all of the details about all the activities going on throughout the year on that website. Our thanks to Diana Stampler from Promote Michigan for being with us and we'll be right back right here on Travel Michigan where your trip begins at Michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. You know, we're getting it to that time of the year where winter is starting to wind down. We're starting to look toward the future when the warmer weather starts to kick into gear and spring is right around the corner. So I know a lot of people are thinking about the weather and uh, thinking about atmospherics like that. But, you know, one of the other cool things happens pretty soon. We have another full moon uh, coming up pretty soon and because it's this time of the year and because Ann Arbor can be so quirky and fun the uh, the kind of there's been a different kind of change to one of their their cool events and they're calling it this year the fool moon event in the Ann Arbor area let's find out more about that by bringing in Jennifer Goulet she's the lead organizer of fool Hi, David. moon nice to have you here how are you Hey, I'm doing great today, and I am super excited to be thinking spring and yeah. all things foolish and fun and light-filled for Ann Arbor. 
Well, you know, you, you've done these really fun events before, and in, in your uh, your company, um, the website, by the way, is wonderfulproductions.org. Uh, you're always thinking about new and, and interesting and creative things. Before we get into the event itself, why don't we talk about you and your your uh, organization and what you do? Absolutely. Well, Wonderful Productions is a local um, arts nonprofit organization um, that is truly supported by um, our communities of Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti. Um, we like to think of ourselves as um, catalysts for the power of creativity and building community and the emphasis on unity, right? How the arts bring us together um, uh, in our places. And um, we are probably best known for the three community celebrations celebrations that um, we create um, with those um, communities, um, festivals and full moon, which are traditional kind of rites of um, the opening of the spring season in downtown Ann Arbor, um, always um, kind of uh, timed around April Fool's Day. And then Ipsy Glow, um, which happens um, in uh, downtown Ypsilanti um, at, toward the end of October. So um, we are, um, we've had quite a year, right? As we all have this year, navigating kind of new realities with the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, last spring, um, our full moon event um, was um, about to happen. Like we were three weeks out from um, both full moon and festivals. And um, we had to do a really quick pivot shift. And um, this year has been uh, quite a great um, adventure for us, experimenting with new ways to get people engaged at home in kind of the art making activities, getting ready, um, as well as being able to create these creative experiences that can unfold safely and social distanced um, on the ground, um, at home and uh, online. Uh, well, virtually. I would suppose because you're you're all about creativity, that pivot that was necessary then and is still necessary now was maybe not so difficult or challenging to you as it might be for us normal people who aren't as creative <laughs> as, as you are. Uh, but but you have you know made that pivot. You're doing some really cool things. You're still you know um, organizing these fun events in man. What an arts friendly town and what a creative creativity friendly town. Uh, Ann Arbor is. So you have full moon coming up. It's uh, basically uh, the month of March and it goes through what? April 9th. And I know there's a whole bunch of things happening. So why don't you tell us right. kind of from the beginning um, what's necessary now now to kind of get ready for things and to yeah, prepare? Absolutely. Oh, I would love to. So um, full moon this year is um, going to kick off um, in March and um, throughout the month of March. Um, we're partnering with a whole variety of community um, groups from the Ann Arbor Public Schools to the Neutral Zone um, uh, kind of teen um, center to the Ann Arbor Arts Center, um, our three business districts, um, Carytown, Main Street, and um, State Street districts, um, a whole group, and uh, the Ann Arbor um, uh, District Library as well. And there'll be a whole series of opportunities for people to um, get ready for full moon, make a crazy costume, make a luminary, um, make a light-up mask to wear right for your social distancing um, plans this year, that um, people will be able to um, uh, do art-making activities at home or as part of online workshops. Um, a number of our partners are 
are also um, kind of an, uh, creating new um, uh, full moon um, spring camps, um, which um, spring break happens right before our event on Friday, April 9th. And so um, we're really excited. That's always kind of the way the foolish season um, kicks off with getting the community ready to make the event um, unique and special and quirky and wildly wonderful every year. Yeah. Um, we also um, knew this year, um, uh, really as part of the experiences that we're learning and kind of how we can be together on the ground in community and take part in um, community celebrations and experiencing public art um, uh, activities, we are um, curating a smaller set of higher impact um, local artists and lighting designers that are going to be creating um, some um, significant public art installations that will be kind of socially distanced themselves across the three downtown districts. Wow. And um, we're encouraging um, uh, people to come down um, uh, the night of full moon, dress up, light up, right? Um, tuck the kids into the strollers and um, do what we're um, promoting as the full moon stroll and roll. Um, we're partnering with the local businesses. You know, this has been a tough time for all of our local restaurants and shops and, um, you know, uh, bars, um, night spots, and um, really positioning this as an opportunity to, um, you know, make plans to make a whole night of it. Um, you know, do your outdoor dining, pick up some um, curbside uh, dinner, um, come out, check out the great um, art and experiences, uh, maybe grab a beverage or a sweet treat on mm. the way. Um, so um, the local businesses have really been excited to be part of this. Uh, many of them are creating their own artistic um, uh, storefront window activations as part of Full Moon. And we've partnered with um, Treetown Murals um, they are going to be creating um, three um, on-the-street um, mandala moon um, mural designs that will hmm. be located. We're hoping to do a, three, a trio of them, one in each district. What's, what's, and, a, what's um, a mandala design? A mandala is um, somewhat of a, uh, a Buddhist. Um, it has kind of traditions in um, uh, Buddhist um, Hindu cultures hmm. where it's a, a kind of a circular pattern used for meditation. And um, they are actually um, going to be um, working with us and Ann Arbor Public Schools art teachers to get um, Ann Arbor students involved in creating mandala designs during the month of March. Um, those are going to be inspiration for the Treetown mural artists for their final designs for the murals on the street. And um, we're also going to be creating a video um, kind of uh, projection um, of all of the student artwork and that process of how that all comes together. So that program will be part of our virtual full moon experience. Oh, how neat. Um, you know, so, so, so basically, the, you know, people, families, um, you know, teachers right now, uh, they can and should be kind of preparing for that, that big week and, of course, that big night. Absolutely. And um, so we will be on our website, um, we will be sharing kind of an unfolding list of all of the different um, project making activities, workshops, kind of which community partners you could connect with um, to be part of that um, making energy across March. And then we also have a lot of really great 
um, simple projects that you can do, um, you know, things you can make with ordinary materials at home. Um, that's something that's really important to kind of who we are as an organization and that you can, um, together, we can really create amazing, uh, extraordinary things out of ordinary materials. So, you know, thinking about how you can, um, you know, even put uh, holiday lights out in the front yard or um, dress up the dog or use neon duct tape to um, uh, you dress up your outfit and um, come down and uh, glow with us. Yeah, it sounds like so much fun. And I love the fact that everybody gets involved, you know, schools, the downtown business owners. So even before that big um, April 9th uh, stroll event, you can get ready for it, get excited about it, you know, participate, check out those storefront windows and such. So uh, let's give them that website and where they can find information. Yeah, absolutely. The place to check in is um, wonderful, and that's F-O-O-L, productions.org slash full moon. Um, and um, there will be just kind of a, a growing and um, kind of the website and all the happenings kind of evolve as we get closer to the event. So it's definitely um, a place that you want to check into um, every now and then to make sure that you don't miss something fun that you want to add to your, your plans. It's great. Uh, that website again is wonderfoolproductions.org. Uh, forward slash fool moon to find out more about this specific event but check out the whole website to uh, learn more about jennifer goulet the lead organizers big events there we're going to head to grand rapids next here on travel michigan where your trip begins at michigan.org It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. It's, it sure is exciting for me to hear about our communities kind of coming back to life, you know, in this, you know, COVID slash almost post-COVID time period. You know, hearing what Ann Arbor is doing, getting ready for, you know, their full moon activity was, was really great. And I'm looking forward to uh, getting out there. I know you are as well. Well, let me tell you, uh, one place that I can highly recommend, a place that I hope you've been to a million times, but if not, you should be going there a million times, is the Grand Rapids area. It's it's just fantastic. I've grown up in West Michigan, um, and I remember I was a kid, Grand Rapids was like that big town for me, but um, there really, frankly, wasn't a lot to do when I was a, a youngster. Today, it is just booming with activities and development and excitement and to tell us about some of the things you can do in March and beyond. Let's bring in Kate Lido. Kate is the Director of Marketing for Experience Grand Rapids. Kate, it's good to have you back on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. You bet. So we are kind of gearing up for kind of the end of winter and uh, spring is on the horizon. So I know in March, uh, people are looking for some, some fun things to do and some deals as well. And it sounds like you guys have put together some pretty good ideas. Yeah, you know, in Grand Rapids, we're ready to think spring. Um, we're enjoying the winter, and there's been some really great winter programming, but we are ready, at least me personally, I'm ready for that um, talking spring <laughs> and looking at pictures of flowers and all of that. So I, I bet so. Uh, <laughs> we do have a lot of deals going, though, to encourage travel to Grand Rapids this spring, and a couple of them I wanted to tell you about 
area hotels have come together to offer different deals and discounts all through March and April. Uh, March and April, they're offering if you stay one night, you get the second night at 25% off. So this is um, about 15 hotels that are participating, hoping to add on a couple more. Not every hotel in the Grand Rapids area, but a really good mix of um, all different price points, all different types of properties all over the Grand Rapids area. Well, so and, we're really and, excited you know, about that. And that's a great idea, Kate. And, you know, we should mention that Experience Grand Rapids um, kind of represents the entire county, not not exclusively the city of Grand Rapids. So if you're interested in staying in the area, uh, you'll want to check out the Experience Grand Rapids uh, kind of collection of uh, hotels that have offered those deals as well. Yeah. And like I said, it's a good mix. We've got downtown properties participating. We've got places over by um, Frederick Meyer Gardens, which of course is a main attraction, especially mm-hmm. in the spring with their Butterflies Are Blooming exhibit. Always a big hit. Um, there's hotels right there near them that are participating in these deals too. So a little bit of something for everyone, like I said, different price points and different areas of um, Kent County too. Great to hear. Well, that's the thing that makes the Grand Rapids area so special is not only is it a, a really neat, a vibrant you know, city downtown, but the attractions you have in the area, including Meyer Gardens, are, are, I mean, some of the best in the country in a lot of ways. So I love going to Meyer Gardens and Sculpture Park. I think it's the biggest garden and sculpture park in the country. If not, it's certainly, I think, the best I've ever been in. Definitely the best I've been in, too. And, yeah, I mentioned those butterflies. That kicks off all through March and April. And um, they will be limiting how many people can go into the exhibit this year, but it will be fully open. Um, Over 60 different species of butterflies. Really fun for kids, but really kids of all ages, too, to see those um, that exhibit and you can see them hatching you can see them flying around and just a really peaceful fun environment well and you say you know for covid um it does have to be you know a situation where people can distance so are they uh, offering ticket sales in advance you know online or do you still um exclusively you know go there to buy your ticket i am not positive what the gardens is doing i know all of our different attractions have adapted really well kind of um their own way I believe that the gardens is taking, um, you don't have to buy a special ticket for butterflies. Yeah. So um, you can go in, but they may there may be a little bit of a line which you wouldn't normally encounter. I think yeah. it's called their Unfair of me to ask you that question because you're not there every day. So here, you know, the thing that I always recommend, I mean, for everything with traveling around the state is just check in advance, know before you go, check that website and you can get to it through the experiencegr.com website and then go to Meyer Gardens or go to Michigan.org and, and do that, right? Yeah, and that's exactly what we're encouraging too um, for locals and travelers is really, it just takes a little bit more research and a little bit more planning than it has in the past to make sure you know how each place is handling their COVID protocols. Uh, I can assure you in Grand Rapids, they're all definitely have those protocols in place. They're all just handling them a bit different. So mm-hmm. anything from restaurants to attractions um, just takes a little bit more planning but worth it once you get there and see how they're handling it so well yeah well and at this kind of transition time of the year another reason to uh, head to the grand rapids area is you do have you know a great variety of these really cool attractions like meyer gardens art galleries you know there's so much to offer there yeah well we're also excited um spring means the zoo will be opening so john ball zoo is located right near downtown grand rapids which makes it really unique Um, You know, it's not far away from our downtown area. And 
The zoo is a great attraction. They do participate in our culture pass, which is a three-day attraction pass um, that you can get for just $24, gets you into a bunch of different attractions during your three-day stay. So um, we'll definitely be looking forward to the zoo reopening and seeing all of those animals in the spring. Um, but that's another one that we're just really excited about for spring promotions. Yeah, that, that culture pass, can you explain that in a little more detail? Uh, because you offer that, um, I think, year-round, and, and you have uh, a variety of attractions. I don't know if they're, they're all uh, part of that program all the time or if they kind of come in and out, but what a great deal. Yeah, it's really a, a good deal if you want to go to even just two or three attractions. You don't have to go to tons of them to get that value in your money's worth. Um, but we put that together a couple of years ago. Like I said, it's a three-day pass. So once you buy it, um, it doesn't start the second you click buy now. It starts when you visit your first attraction. That's when your kind of timer starts ticking. You've got 72 hours to go to all the different attractions included that you would like to. And it's a really great gift, too. So if anyone's looking for gifting options... Um, we've got a portal where you can buy it as a gift and send it to somebody or print it out and give it to them too. But it's all on your phone and you check in at your first attraction. Um, it shows you all the other included attractions and also has deals and discounts included too for other area, um, like performing arts and things like that. Yeah, so other, other of, attractions, yeah. It's something else. Yeah. Any other specific deals you want to mention? I guess looking ahead, if anyone's you know planning ahead, not for spring or early spring, in May, we are doing a um, stay two nights and get a free culture pass in the Grand Rapids area at participating hotels. So that's another one. We've got those March and April deals I mentioned. That's that 25% um, off the second night. But in May, we're um, incorporating that culture pass to give that out for free if people are staying two nights. So if you come for you know a whole weekend, you can get a free culture pass and um, even if you just go to one of the places, it's free and you can check it out, see how it works and experience something new. Well, one of the neat things about Grand Rapids is you have this kind of collection of really fine hotels right downtown uh, that, that's walkable to many of these attractions um, like the art gallery and the public museum. And, you know, at this time of the year, people are looking for those kind of indoor spaces mostly. And it's just kind of it's nice not have to drive from place to place. Yeah, yeah, we've got a really walkable downtown for those that haven't been, and we do have a lot of um, museums and attractions right within walking distance, like you mentioned. So um, right now, during the cold months, they've been a great way. You know, I've got a little one um, looking for something to do when it's too cold to play outside. Um, they're a great way to just, you know, fill an afternoon and learn something new, see something new and have some fun. Well, it's a great town. Um, and of course you have those kind of uh, the March, uh, you know, kind of late winter, early spring deals going right now. So people should uh, look into that, should head to downtown, should have a great uh, deal of fun. I know you will. Here's the website. It's experiencegr.com. And I want to thank Kate Lido, the uh, Director of Marketing for Experience Grand Rapids for being with us today. And by the way, when you go there, check out the craft beer, check out the great the great food, the family fun, it just never ends. Well, the program is coming to an end, so we'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org.